0: Aren't you thankful for the Word of God? There's a lot of power in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Ephesus was a city in Paul's time, one of that he evangelized, and Ephesus was a big city. I tried to read some commentaries. I read anywhere from two hundred and fifty thousand to five hundred thousand people, it's estimated, was there, second only to uh, the city of Rome at that time. So it was a very big city, heavily populated, and Paul visits uh, Ephesus on his second and third missionary journey, and we find that he spent a long time there, probably because it's such a big metropolis, amen, and he spent a couple years there. Total two to three years ministering there in Ephesus. We read a lot about Ephesus in the Book of Acts. The Book of Acts um, is where the church is founded. It's where we find the missionary journeys of Paul, and what he would do. He would go and start these churches in these different cities, and then later on, because it's you know it's not like today you can just fly over there in a couple hours. A long journey. Sometimes it took a months to get from one place to another and even years to c- complete their realm so what they would do and what he would do paul would do would be write letters back to these um, cities where he established churches and that's where we get ephesus or i mean and then um, uh, philippians galatians all those galatians corinthians those were letters that paul was writing back to them but ephesians was one of the biggest cities that he was in. And we read about they had a temple of Artemis or the temple of Diana, and they had this arena there that sat 25,000 people, and it was an amazing thing. And so Paul was writing back to this church where he established, and it's called one of the prison epistles that he wrote when, while he was a prisoner at Rome. So Paul did these missionary journeys and then one time when he was back in Jerusalem he got arrested He became a prisoner and eventually they took him to Rome But there in Rome he was on what they call what we would call a house arrest He was able to stay in his own rented house and but he was just guarded But while he was there he wrote Ephesians and Philippians and Galatians and Philemon They call these the prison epistles but for Ephesus we find this great conversation On one of paul's visits in acts chapter 19 In verse number one if you want to turn there acts chapter 19 verse 1 <clears throat> It says and it came to pass that while apollos was at corinth Paul having passed through the upper coast came to ephesus so we know This is where he was and finding serpent, certain disciples He said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, we have not so much heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. And so those are two good questions that we need to ask ourselves. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? So there is a difference than just believing and just automatically you just receive this spirit of god within you but there's evidence of god's spirit this holy spirit and that's speaking in other tongues we find that in acts chapter 2 and several other places and even in this portion of scripture here but he said have you received the holy ghost since you believed and how were you baptized it's important to know how you were baptized They said we were baptized unto john's baptism and in verse 4 paul said john verily baptized with the baptism of repentance Saying unto the people that they should believe on him which shall come after him that is on christ Jesus And when they heard this they were baptized in the name of the lord Jesus everybody say in the name of the lord jesus That's the way that you baptize not in titles Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen, but in the name of the Lord Jesus. No one was ever baptized in any other way in the Bible other than in the name of Jesus. And we can even go into the history books that will tell us that the early church always baptized in the name of Jesus or in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the development of the Trinity title, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost was a later development. But the early church always baptized in jesus name So that's why we baptize in jesus name. Amen. So how were you baptized? It's important you believe that tonight And when paul had laid his hands on them the holy ghost came on them and they spake with tongues And prophesied so how were you baptized? And have you received the holy ghost since you believed? And they said, we haven't even heard of this Holy Ghost. And when Paul prayed for them, they received the Holy Ghost and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about 12. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. So on this particular visit, we find that he was in the synagogues for three months Disputing and persuading those things concerning the kingdom of god And so we find here that the church was established at ephesus We find it was established in the same way that we read in acts chapter 2 verse 38 Amen when peter rose up on that day of pentecost and said repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the holy ghost amen all right so we find that this is not just a one-time thing that we read but we find in ephesus it's reiterated here baptism in jesus name and the infilling of the holy ghost i know i'm preaching to the choir tonight but it's interesting because ephesus is talked about a lot in acts it's in acts where um i think it's in acts 19 and 20 you can read it later but one of the um Silversmiths got upset because Paul came through and said, you know, the goddess Diana is not a real god And so it was affecting his business. He would make these statues And so there was a big uproar and they all went into the theater and they and the people of ephesus cried out the bible says for two hours saying great is The god Diana, goddess diana of the ephesians. They did that for two hours So it was a big uproar there. We can read about all that in Um, Acts chapter 19 and in uh, revelations It's one of the seven churches that the lord spoke to ephesus the church of ephesus Jesus said he said I know your works. I know what you've done He said, but I do have something against you that you've left your first love. Amen. He said you need to repent Get back to your first works Amen Doctrine baptism in jesus name infilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's important. Do you believe that tonight? <clears throat> so Paul, he's in prison, he's in house arrest, he's in Rome, and he's writing this letter back to the church at Ephesus. And the theme that is throughout um, the Ephesians book is that to show God's eternal plan for all humanity for both Jews and Gentiles alike. You have to remember that during this time, there was a lot of prejudice amongst the Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews thought they had the corner market, right, on God. They thought it was all to them. But Jesus came along and he said, it's to whosoever will. He opened the way, amen. Paul understands this. Peter understood it, amen, when he preached to Cornelius and his household. And when he went to uh, Cornelius' household, he saw that they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just like we did at the beginning, they said. They spoke in other tongues. And then Peter commanded them at that time to be baptized in Jesus' name. So once again, we see this doctrine throughout the book of Acts. And now in, even in Ephesus, it will, although the church has already been established, he's writing to the church that's already been baptized in Jesus' name. And filled with the Holy Ghost. But he does reiterate some things here in the book of Ephesians. <clears throat> it said in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. According to his good pleasure. Which he hath purposed in himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of time. He might gather together in one all things in Christ. they say in Christ. As we go through this, we'll find this phrase used in Christ. We need to be in Christ. Amen. Both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in him. So he said, in, when this fullness of time came, he was bringing all things into one. Amen. Under Jesus Christ. In chapter 3, verse 6, this was the mystery that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body. And partakers of the promise in Christ by the gospel. And then in Ephesians 4 and 4, he said, for there is one body. He's making this one thing. He's bringing everybody together under the banner of this one body, one spirit, even as you're called to one hope of your calling. There's one Lord. There's one faith. And there's one baptism. Amen. So we need to understand what this is, what the faith is, who the Lord is. There's not many ways to get to God. There's one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. One God and Father above all, who is of, of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. <clears throat> so this is what Paul's attempting to do. He's trying to say, look, the Jews, and, and we need to be thankful for that because we're all Gentiles here, I think. And so thank God that he's opened it up to the Gentiles. And Paul's trying to reiterate this fact that, hey, it is one. We're all one together. It's not Jew or Gentile, but we all become one in Jesus Christ. And so if we look at these six chapters, there's six chapters in Ephesians. And if you want to uh, break these down, and this is how I'm breaking those down tonight. The first three chapters... Paul talks about the riches of God's grace in Christ or the position in Christ of the believer. Our position, our riches that we have. In seven, he talked about the riches of his grace. In verse 18, he says the riches of his glory. In chapter 2, verse 7, the exceeding riches of his grace. In three eight, he said the unsearchable riches and in 3.16 the riches of his glory So we're going to call this first three chapters here the wealth Of the believer Our wealth Then in chapter number four the last three Chapters of the book It talks about the conduct of the believer Explains that the conclusion of what can be do- drawn from God's grace for the church Is what their walk is all about so he talks about their walk and then the last um, Portion of that sixth chapter we're going to add in there the warfare of the believer Or the conflict of the believer So I want to talk about the wealth that we have the walk that we need to have and the warfare that we are in So let's first look at the wealth or the riches in chapters number one through three And wealth just means simply valuable bestowment. Paul wants the believer to know what they have in Christ and not live below their means. And we all need to remember where we are in Christ. Amen. What we have in Christ and not live below our means. It reminds me of a story that I heard about family back in the late 1800s and they wanted to come to the United States to make a better life for themselves. And so they saved everything they could. It was a husband, a wife, and two daughters. And they saved everything they could to purchase these tickets for a fare over to the United States. And so they had spent everything that they had. They packed their suitcases, left everything behind, got on the boat, and were headed to the United States. The, the um, father of the family said, Now, uh, I've packed some crackers and some cheese and some snacks for us to eat alone because we don't have any money. We won't be able to, to afford to eat the dinners that are on the ship. We're just going to uh, do our snacks. We're just happy that we're getting to go to America. So, every time about dinner time, as the other people are headed off to the dining room for their meals, This family quietly returned to their uh, room, ate their crackers and cheese, and had their little snacks. Happy to do it, too, because they were headed for freedom. Amen. When they finally reached America and they were getting ready to exit the the boat, the captain of the boat uh, went to the exit, and he was one to greet everybody as they were exiting the ship. And he noticed this family and the captain came up to him and says, I don't know that we've been introduced. He said, I tried to get around all the tables at dinner time and introduce myself and I don't believe we met. I don't remember seeing you in the dining hall. And the father just said, well, you know, we spent everything that we had to get the tickets. We didn't have enough money for the meals at dinner time. And the captain said, well, didn't you know? that the dinners were free. They came with the fare of the, t- of the boat ticket. Amen. And so that's how we are, I think, sometimes as Christians. The Lord has blessed us, and we have all this wealth at our disposal, but yet we live a pulper's life. Amen. Spiritually. We have promises that we can uh, declare and proclaim and take a hold of, in God's kingdom. Amen? We are blessed, folks. We are blessed and the abundance that we have in Christ. The first thing that I want us to understand and to remember that we are chosen, Ephesians 1, 4 says, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in loving, having predestinated us unto the adoption of the children of jesus christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will he has chosen us the church folks has been predestinated it's already established that there's going to be a church all we have to do is get in the church hallelujah and when we decide to open up that door and let him in we become chosen vessels of god hallelujah That he had determined even before the foundation of the world and the bible tells us jesus told his disciples He said i'm going to build this church and not even the gates of hell are going to prevail against the church So point to yourself and say I am the church If you've been baptized in jesus name good question To ask you if you've been baptized in jesus name and if you've been filled with the holy spirit speaking in other tongues I am the church you have Christ in you. You're dwelling in Christ. Hallelujah. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. You believe that tonight? Amen. And sometimes we lose sight of that. The fact that God has chosen us. First Peter two nine says it like this, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar People That you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Hallelujah. That's why we come into the house of God, begin to worship the Lord and to praise Him because we understand that we've been called out of darkness and He's shown this great light on us. Amen. I'd like to parade all of you up through here and you could look out across here and you could see these lights right here. Amen. The natural lights that it's, it's kind of like how the gospel is. It just kind of wakes you up and opens up your eyes. Amen. But when you come to the understanding, hallelujah, That we're chosen. We're a peculiar people. We're royal priesthood. We are the children of God. Hallelujah. And part of the church that nothing is going to stop. The church called out of darkness into this marvelous light. He says, which in time past you were not a purse people. Amen. But now are the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. You are chosen hallelujah that's something special to realize that we are chosen. Amen, we are god 's children. and the other thing in Ephesians chapter one, verse seven it says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. this great wealth of his grace, amen, we have redemption, which simply means. The forgiveness of sins. Your sins have been forgiven. Amen. And if you sin again, we just know that all we have to do is confess our sins. And he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. You can make a mistake and you will make a mistake even after you come into the church. But you can get it back under the blood Our God's a merciful God. Amen. And He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. The forgiveness of our sins. And so not only do we have this forgiveness of sins, but after we repent, He seals us with the Holy Spirit. In verse 13, in whom you also trusted. After that, you heard the word. When you heard the word, you believed. Amen. The gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Hallelujah. Which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is a down payment. The Holy Spirit's just a down payment. Hallelujah. It's what's in us, Christ in us. We are in him and he is in us. Hallelujah. And this Holy Spirit seals us. It makes us part of the church. Hallelujah. And part of the kingdom of God. And so he says, it's the earnest of our inheritance. Inheritance is just simply something that is passed down after the owner's death to the air or to those that are entitled to it. Hallelujah. As the church, we are entitled to the inheritance of God's kingdom. Amen. And that's why we get excited when we read in the word of God that nothing can separate me from the love of God. Hallelujah. These are some promises. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Do you believe that? Hallelujah. I'm more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Can you say hallelujah? These are the things that we've inherited, folks. This great uh, truth that God has given us power and strength. And the church ought to be the most powerful thing. It is the most powerful thing in this world. Amen. It's the only thing that's really holding back. This antichrist spirit that's infiltrating into this world today. But it's the church. And when God takes this church out of here, you don't want to be around. Amen. When God comes back for his church, raptures the church out. But until then, we have the power of God within us to live. Hallelujah. As kings and priests in the kingdom of God, a royal priesthood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's called us. He's chosen us. Hallelujah. And we need to be more than conquerors and stand upon the fact that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I want to speak to somebody today that's come in and you just feel a little beaten down today. I want to remind you, hallelujah, that you're a child of God. Amen. And that nothing can stop you from entering into God's kingdom. Praise God. So at the end of chapter one there, he starts in verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints. You know, we, you're a saint of God. You know that? We hate to give ourselves that title, don't we? Because we know how frail and how much mistakes we've made along the way, but we are the saints of the living God. We are the called out ones. Hallelujah. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe? Are you a believer tonight? If you're a believer, God gives his power to us word. The greatness, he wants us to understand that. He said that your understanding would be enlightened, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and hath put all things everybody say all things under his feet hallelujah and gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body we are the body of Christ hallelujah we are the representatives to this world for Jesus Christ, Amen. Which is His body in the fullness of Him that filleth all in all. Hallelujah. He says He has set Him Christ far above, far above. Everybody say, way up there, above all principalities and powers. You know the devil doesn't have any power that the Lord does not give it to. They give to Him, Amen remember when he went to job he had to ask permission and god told him okay you can do this you can take his possessions don't touch him and then he says okay and then he came back he says, okay i'll let you touch his body but you can't touch his life the devil doesn't have any power on what god gives him because jesus christ is set far above all principality power might and dominion and he's been given that name which is in every name everything is under the foot of jesus christ hallelujah and he's our head he's the head of the church praise god so we want you to understand there that we have this great um, position in christ and that we've been chosen and you have forgiveness you know a lot of people struggle with this and so you need to understand that you have been forgiven forgive yourself amen we have we can come to the altar and we can pray for other people and say you know god forgives you you know just give it over to the lord but when it comes to ourselves we have a hard time for that amen we need to realize that god forgives our sins paul said this he said one thing that i do he said i forget about those things which are behind and i reach towards those things which are before we can't do anything about yesterday amen paul said that one thing that he does and then we're sealed with this beautiful presence of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We have this great inheritance that God has given to us. In chapter 2, he stresses about the goodness and the, of his grace and mercy. Paul wants us to know that there's great mercy and grace in God. And in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1, and he says, You hath he quickened who were dead In trespasses and sins, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he loved us Even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with christ by grace Are ye saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places in christ jesus amen Who were dead he's quickened us he's made us alive Through his mercy and grace, he has given us life. Amen. Do you realize that before Christ, we were just dead? Had no purpose? And I was coming into the church when I was 19 years old. I can easily reach back and remember. I can feel that deadness before I came to the Lord. And how that I didn't know what the height and the depth and the length and width. Well, I didn't have that enlightenment yet. I was still in darkness. It was a miserable place to be and i was dead in trespasses and sins but god who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he loved us that when we were dead in sins folks we need to remember without christ we are just dead in sin amen but in him we are made alive we have life we have life he said i've come to give you life and that more abundantly amen and Romans tells us for by one man's offense, Adam's offense, death reigned by one much more. They which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, which is Jesus Christ. So by Adam, his sin, we all died. Remember when the serpent came to, to um, Eve and said, oh, you won't surely die. Well, he's a liar because they did surely die not just naturally, but they died spiritually. And we are all born into that sin and we all have that death by one man's offense, Adam. But the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in the life by one, which is Jesus Christ. That's why you have to be born again into a new life. Jesus has this conversation with a man by the name of nicodemus in john chapter 3 verse 3 jesus answered and said unto him verily verily i say unto you except a man be born again new life he cannot see the kingdom of god nicodemus said how can that be happened can i enter the second time in my mother's womb to be born again and jesus answered except a man be born of the water baptism and of the spirit the holy spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. But thank God through the mercies of the Lord, we have this life within us. Amen. So don't go around in the molly grubs all the time. There'll be times you don't feel uh, excited about everything, but we have something to live for. Amen. We have something to gain. And the other thing that, is, that it is is hope, not just happiness or not just life. But we have hope. Hope is an expectation. Wherefore, remember, Paul says in 2.11, that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh, made by hands, in other words, the Jews called you uncircumcised, amen, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers uh, from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, hallelujah, through Jesus Christ, but now, everybody say, but now, hallelujah, in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Hallelujah, we have been brought nigh to the kingdom of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Can you say thank you, Jesus? So we have this hope now we have an expectation. I remember that was one of my big biggest torments. There was like there's no hope. You know, the, the world doesn't offer you any hope before I came to know the Lord. But once you have the Lord, we have this hope, this expectation the realization that this world is not my own, I'm just passing through. Hallelujah. We have something better. That's our hope. It's our expectation. And we have it in Jesus Christ. And we as Gentiles, we were a one time without any hope. But now in Christ Jesus, hallelujah, we are made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank God for Calvary. Amen. Thank God for the blood. And the third thing there in chapter number 2 is peace. Aren't you thankful for the peace of God? Hallelujah. The peace that passes all understanding. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14, it says, For he is our peace, which hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Remember, he's breaking this down now, this wall between Jews and Gentiles. Having established in the flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for he making himself of twain one new man, so making peace. There's not Jew. There's not Gentile. He's breaking down all those ordinances of the Old Testament and bringing everything into one now. Hallelujah. That we're all the children of God. That he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. So he says he's preached peace unto those that are far off, the Gentiles, and those that were nigh unto him, which are the Jews. He's bringing this all. That's the theme, remember bringing us all unto one and giving us peace, which is simply rest and prosperity. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Hallelujah. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. The greatest thing and feeling that you can have is at night when you lay your head on your pillow and you know that you're right between you and the Lord, and you can have peace in your soul. Hallelujah. And Paul's reminding them, this is a great wealth that you have. Not only do you have life and that you have hope, but you have peace within you. The peace that passes all understanding. The peace not as the world gives us, he said, give I unto you. And so in concluding in Ephesians chapter 2, he starts in verse 18 and he said, For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father through Jesus Christ. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers, no more foreigners, or fellow, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And you are built upon the foundation of the apostles, the prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone in whom the building fitly framed together growth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye are also built together for a habitation of God through the spirit hallelujah this building of god that god wants to inhabit us think about that he wants to inhabit your body amen your being he wants to fill you with the holy ghost i can remember um, when i was a kid and we used to go into the called hawking hills in in ohio or outside of lancaster ohio but uh, as kids we'd run through those um Woods there and there were all these rock formations and everything and I thought of all the beauty I can remember in little waterfalls in certain areas and I thought man, it's just beautiful things that This surely must be where god would live or preside, you know But as I got older, I understood that no, that's not where god wants to live. He wants to live in us and I thought man, i'm just dirty no good Sinner, but God wants to dwell in me. Hallelujah. A habitation of God through the Spirit. Amen. And the third great rich riches or wealth that he wants us to remember is that there's a revelation in chapter number three. <clears throat> it says that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of that same body and partakers of the promise in Christ. By the gospel and this revelation he wants us to understand in ephesians chapter 3 verse 8 He said unto me who am less than the least of all saints Is this grace given that I should preach among the gentiles the unsearchable riches of christ The riches that we have are past Finding out there's in such abundance. You'll never exhaust all the riches of That Christ has for us. They're unsearchable. That he would grant unto you according to the riches of his glory. To be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints. What is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. Amen. He wants us to have this revelation. Can you remember when the light was turned on and you kind of understood? I remember that just as clear as day. Man, I came to an understanding of what it was all about. And you go into the stores and you go into the crowds and the streets and you look at all the people that are just going to and fro without an understanding that we have, this this comprehension that we have, this revelation, if you will, of these unsearchable riches that we have. In Christ Jesus. Amen. The second thing was in uh, verse number 19 of Ephesians 3 is that and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. I want you to know that God loves you. Amen. Sometimes we have a hard time believing that within ourselves, but God loves you. When did he love you? When you are lost, when you're a sinner, hallelujah. So he doesn't love you any less today than he did on that day. You may have made mistakes. You may have grown cold in the Lord, but you can easily come back to him. He loves us. Hallelujah. To know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. We can't even comprehend it. We can't we can't understand it. Amen. His love towards us. But Christ loves us. Hallelujah. He died for us. He made a way for us. Hallelujah. And He's not going to leave you by the wayside. Amen. But He started this journey with you and He's going to see you through it. Do you believe that? Trust in the Lord that He loves you. Amen. That's what this world needs is the love of Jesus Christ. And the other thing was in chapter 3 verse 20. Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. God is able. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and tell him God is able. He can do anything. Is anything too hard for our God? God is able to do exceeding abundantly, above all that we can even ask or think. But it's according to the power of, that works in us, that Holy Spirit that works within us. When we recognize the wealth and the riches that we have and we come to the Lord, when we believe in Him, whatever we ask or think, He's able to do beyond what we're able to even ask or think. Hallelujah. He's a great God and He can do all things. So remember that you're chosen, that you're forgiven, that you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. And that you have this great inheritance in the Lord. And remember that you have the mercy and grace of God to live a life, to have life with hope and peace. And that he gives us the revelation of his unsearchable riches, the love of God and the power of God, that God is able to do anything and all things. That's the wealth of the Christian. Paul's wanting them to understand this is who you are. In Christ. This is what you have access to the power of Almighty God. Hallelujah. There's nothing that you don't, can't have, nothing that uh, God cannot do for you. And then in uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 1, and we're going to go with, through this through 6 verse 9, the walk. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 says, I therefore, this is Paul speaking, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you or invoke you with earnest desire that you walk worthy of the vocation wherein you are called. Amen. So he says, he said, I therefore, because of this great wealth that we have access to, because of all this chapters one through three, all those things that we covered and more. There's you just can't exhaust the word of God, but I covered what stood out to me. But he said, because of all that, therefore, for this reason, he said, I beseech you, I invoke you with earnest desire that you walk worthy of the vocation wherein you are called. Vocation just simply means an invitation or the calling. He said, walk worthy of this calling. He said, okay, you have all this access to great wealth. But he said, now there's a responsibility. You've got to walk worthy. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 4:17 says this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth not walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind just the excessive pride in their own appearance qualities abilities and achievements he said don't walk as other Gentiles walk don't desire the things of the world folks don't desire what the world is seeking after Come out from among them and be ye separate. He says, don't go after their emptiness. Amen. And their drugs and their alcohol and their riches of this world. All the things that the, how the Gentiles seek after and walk. It's all emptiness. It all leads to a dented road. Amen. But he says, I want you to walk worthy of this calling. Hallelujah. Not. As the Gentiles walk, come out from among them. We need to be a separated people. We have all this wealth. It's not just for us to enjoy life here on earth and to go about our ways and safely make it to the other side. No, no, no. That's not what it's all about. He's just saying, I've given you the power, the strength. You're a child of me. I can give you the, you have overcoming power. Go out now into the world and conquer the world. Come out from among them. Ephesians chapter five, verse two, it says, walk in love as Christ also have loved us and have given and have given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savior. Walk in love. Amen. And man, that's something that this world needs in this day and age. They need the love of the church. Amen. So tensions are so high tensions are just strung out everywhere you go and we need to walk in love as Christ hath loved us his greatest way that Christ has loved us is in the fact that he has forgiven us has mercy upon us we need to be able to have mercy and grace in this world as you walk he says in this walk you have this great wealth so he says because of that walk this way One of these is walk in love as Christ hath also loved us. And he says, for ye were sometimes in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. So we need to walk as children of light. We need to walk as the kingdom. Let's not be ashamed of who we are. Amen. Of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, walk as the children of light. Amen. We are the light of God to this lost and dying world. Hallelujah. How many believe God can use you to reach out into this lost and dying world? He's going to do it in a mighty way in these end days. Hallelujah. And we're going to see a great revival. Ephesians 5.15. He says, see that you walk circumspectly, which means diligently, most exact. Not, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Amen. How many know that we are living in the end times? My goodness. And we don't even know all the things that are going on behind the scenes, but things are winding up, folks. People even know that there's something different about what's going on. And he's admonishing us to walk circumspectly, to walk diligently, diligently. Most exactly redeeming the time. We need to realize, I want to be ready. Hallelujah. I want to be watching. He's, he's going to return for a church that's waiting for him. Amen. He's, I want to be looking for the Lord. Lord, maybe it's today. Hallelujah. I want to diligently seek after him and be most exact. 1 Timothy 1 and verse 1, it says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. That in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Folks, this is the ending times. It says, in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. I don't want to be one of those that departs from the faith. Amen. Give diligence to your walk with the Lord. Be most exact. Don't let up. Hallelujah. Keep going. Get closer to God than you've ever been before. Amen. Because these are the ending days. And the spirit of deception and seducing spirits and doctrines of devils are out there. You need to know what you believe. I'm thankful for this church. Hallelujah. That we can come and hear the truth. Amen. And then in um, 521... And it goes all into chapter 6 through 9. He talks about the relationships. And we don't have time to cover all those. But the, the main thing about relationships is he talks about in verse 21 right off the mat. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Submit to give over, to yield to the power or authority of another. We don't like to do that in our flesh. We don't like to submit. We don't like to yield to somebody else. But he talks about it. In those chapters and and like I said, we don't have time to cover that, but those are the relationships talks about husband and wives relationship children and parents parents to the children and all these different things. He talks about that and is so important in those things that we understand hallelujah that relationships that we have down here affect our relationship with almighty God hallelujah part of it. The biggest part of that though is simply Submitting. others humbling ourselves and submitting to the others preferring your brother amen preferring your sister amen it's not easy to do but when we do that god can really use us and bless us amen and so there in chapter 6 verse 10 i want to talk about the last part we have this great wealth and because of that we need to walk this way but Paul also wants to remind the church at Ephesus that there is a warfare. Verse, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand the wiles of the devil, the cunning devices of the devil. He said, Put on this armor. Amen. He's given us provision. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickednesses in high place in high places. But how we've already read that we're set way above all those principalities and powers of this world, but he 's wanting us to know, he says, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Your neighbor, your spouse, your boss. Whatever it may be, they are not your enemy. Amen. The devil is your enemy and his kingdom that would try to come against you. Those things, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That's not where it's at. You got to remember that in your mind. That your battle is not against those that are around you. Your battle is against the enemy of Almighty God. And when we stay in the kingdom, put on that whole armor of God, He's going to help us to be victorious he said take on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand in the evil uh, in the evil day and having done all to stand 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 therefore with your loins gird about with truth live righteously have your feet sawed with the preparation of the gospel of peace we all know these this uh, armor of the lord we don't have time to go through it all but Verse 16, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always. Folks, we got to pray. we got to know the word of God. we got to take it out there. we got to live righteous. Hallelujah. Have our feet sawed with the preparation of the gospel. Be witnesses, praying always. Amen. God will be with us. He's given us this great wealth, and he wants us to walk. Accordingly to this wealth that we have, but be aware that we definitely are in a warfare. Amen. Let's all stand tonight Sorry, I ran out of time was kind of cramming in the end but I think you get the gist of paul's message To the church at ephesus You've got this great power of wealth this great resources to live for me. And so because of that, then live for me, walk for me, but be aware of the warfare that we are in. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, for this day. We thank you for your word. And I pray for my brothers and sisters that we'll know who we are in Christ, that we are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. And that we will walk accordingly, O Lord, according to your word and to your great riches that you have given unto us. But let us also remember that there is a warfare, that we are fighting against the evils of this day. Help us, O Lord, to pray more than we ever have, to read your word, O God, to be in a church more than we ever have, to watch always, O God, to have that shield of faith. <clears throat> let our faith be increased, Almighty God, we pray. We just pray that you'll strengthen each and every one of us. We'll give you all the thanks and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen.